0: Today is Sunday, June 14. Last week, as part of his sermon, Adam shared a list of resources addressing the question that many of us are asking, what can I do, in light of recent events of racial violence and the increasing awareness of our history's dark past of racism. This week, I share another list of resources, but this list has not to do with our outer life as much as our inner life, our spiritual life who we spend time with here and here, informs how we show up in the world. We'll talk a little about that today. Let us pray. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations in each of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I'm always a few years behind with regard to pop culture. So it's only recently I began listening to the soundtrack from the hit musical Hamilton, the story of Alexander Hamilton put to music by creator Lin-Manuel Miranda. The musical tells us how an immigrant born on a Caribbean island in the 1700s makes his way to the New World, to the United States, against all odds, and makes a name for himself as a soldier in the American Revolutionary War as a member of Congress, and Hamilton is credited with laying the foundation for American government and finance. As I sing along to the lyrics, I can't help but notice a theme in Hamilton's life, his unrelenting drive to leave a legacy, to make a name for himself. Born out of wedlock, his mother dying when Hamilton was just 12 years old, he was left an orphan, and pretty much on his own. He was a man without a sense of name, a man driven to find a place in the world and establish a name. Hamilton was described as impetuous and he went to any lengths to satisfy his desire, often leaving wreckage in his wake for his family, his friends, his colleagues to endure. I don't know much about Hamilton's inner life, his spiritual life, but if what I suggest at the beginning of our time here is true, that our inner life informs our outer life, it seems then at least some points of Hamilton's journey was focused on himself, that what was going on in here and here had to do with his desires, his wishes, and how he was going to achieve and through lots of self-determination, often at the expense of others, he achieved. Now going back further in history to the time of Jesus, religious education in Jesus' day was of supreme importance to Judaism. Boys and young men who followed their rabbis, their teachers of God's law and the prophets, as found in their scriptures, they followed their teachers very closely And theologian Rob Bell shares an expression that described this rabbi-student relationship. The students were exhorted to be covered in the dust of their rabbi, meaning they were to follow so closely on the heels of their teacher, watching them, listening to them, praying with them, learning from them, that they surely would be covered by the dust that the shoes of their rabbi would kick up on the path. Spending that kind of time and proximity with their spiritual teacher surely would nurture the spirit life of the disciple. It would inform their understanding of God and who they were as God's children, as God's creation. They would have known the passage from Isaiah 43 that we heard read today, where God says, Do not fear. I have called you by name. I have redeemed you and you are mine because you are precious in my sight and honored and i love you in our gospel lesson today from matthew chapters 9 and 10 we meet some disciples who are following their rabbi jesus as alexander hamilton is considered a founding father of the united states these first 12 disciples perhaps could be considered charter members of the First Church of Jesus Christ. Their names are written down, written down in all four gospels. Before Jesus called them out of their usual life, we don't know a whole lot, but perhaps like Alexander Hamilton, they too were striving to leave a legacy, to make a name for themselves, perhaps in their family or their village, their town, if not their nation. They were involved in occupations, vocations, and family life, being a citizen. And Jesus comes along, this roving, radical rabbi, and calls them out by name to follow him. And they do. They drop everything and follow. They can't be sure where Jesus will lead them, what they will experience or endure, but something inside them told them to go. And who are these 12 who give up everything to follow Jesus? They were a very diverse crowd. And then add in all the other disciples, male and female, who followed Jesus. Surely a representation of the human race existed there. Colin Yuckman of Duke Divinity School unpacks this passage from Matthew. And he points out a little bit about these disciples and the nature of the 12. Peter like Alexander Hamilton, was known for being impetuous, for speaking without thinking. Peter was faithful and faithless on any given day. And in the end, he will end up denying Jesus three times during Jesus' most trying hours after his arrest. And then we have Matthew, the tax collector, and Simon, called the zealot, working on opposite sides of the occupying empire of Rome, Matthew for the empire, Simon against. And then there's Judas Iscariot, who will betray Jesus into the hands of Jesus' executioners. Considering this band of 12 disciples, it's clear that no one is outside the bounds of God's grace, of God's inclusion, of God's desire to make good out of our foibles, our weaknesses, our doubts, our sketchy paths. God's deep desire for each of us is to partner with God in doing as the prophets call, to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly. No one is outside the bounds of Jesus' call to each of us to drop everything, to trust, and to follow, to follow after him in the way of God's life. For no one is unnamed by God, beloved, redeemed, chosen, precious. At this point in the gospel story, Jesus says the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. There's a sense of urgency here. So many are suffering from oppression, discrimination and persecution at the hands of the Roman occupiers. So many need healing in body, mind and spirit. So many need a word of hope The truth that God, their creator, is not a far-off God, has not forgotten them, but is indeed very near. So Jesus gives these disciples a new name, another name, Apostle, meaning the sent ones. This is the one place in the Gospel of Matthew that word occurs. And it speaks to the urgency that Jesus needs partners now to go out into the field, into the world, to do as he did to teach and preach and cure and heal. In the daily protests and marches happening around the world for racial justice, ignited by the killing of George Floyd by police on May 25, one of the many cries and chants is, Say their names. As one by one, the names of black Americans killed by police are lifted up out loud over and over george floyd's name is being lifted up out loud around the world every day a childhood friend of george floyd shared that when george was still in high school he expressed a desire to leave a mark to touch the world somehow perhaps he meant to leave a name a positive influence he was a gifted athlete and maybe he meant through his athleticism but George could not have known that he would leave a name here on earth. And if we're paying attention, if we spend time in here and here with God, God will help us see how in this horrific tragedy, George Floyd is leaving a positive name. Through his story, we are uncovering our own history of violence and racism and something new is happening in the world a new awareness god is calling us to change to transformation and we have a chance to be part of that to be faithful as god's beloved as followers of jesus christ and how we respond to the tragedies of the world with our actions means that we have to cultivate our inner life with god to spend time with god this is called contemplation There are many examples of contemplative prayer practices, and no experience is necessary. That's why it's called a practice, and we do it together with God. Each week on Tuesday, Knox sends an email that often includes a contemplative practice example, led by Becky Bosarge, our Congregational Care Coordinator. This past Tuesday, she writes about the importance of going inside to our interior, where the spirit of love resides, so that when we come back out into the world, we're not reacting to strong emotion or tragedies, but we're acting out of God's love and being informed by how God would have us act in the world. Along with the list of resources that I will share today on contemplative practices, I and Pastor Adam and members of our pastoral care team also encourage you to attend an event in washington park today at 2 p.m it's called prayer protest lament together for racial justice and churches and congregations from around the city will be gathered today to engage our interior life with our external active life in faith in solidarity for the sake of god's realm of love and justice i also recommend knox's mindful mornings In closing, we return to our call to worship. As the psalmist sings, I give thanks to your name, O God, for your steadfast love and faithfulness. Your name and your word are above everything. When I called to you, you answered and increased my strength of soul. Friends, what's in a name? Everything we need when it's the name of God. And our God shouts our names from the mountaintops with joy and invites us to go deeper a little bit more every day to get still and be quiet and listen and allow God's words of refreshment to wash over us that we might be strengthened to go back out into the world and love and serve in the many and holy names of God.